My sermon title is Trusting God in this Situation. The text that I'm going to be reading today is Daniel 3, chapter 3, 12 through 18. Again, the, the text is Daniel chapter 3, 12 through 18. So this is the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't know if you guys know. I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar about the story and everything that goes in it. But just a little pre-context. So beforehand, King Nebuchadnezzar was taking over all the land, right? He had taken over. He was conquering. He was a nasty man, right? He was a nasty king. Um, A lot of people didn't like him. And wherever he would go, he would take over, take over territories, call them his. And for him, this was just the norm. And as he's doing this, um, he felt really the need to, to bring something up, right? He saw that there were so many different diversities. He saw that there were so many different ethnicities, right? And with all uh, conquering these different uh, lands that he was conquering, he didn't want to kill these people. He wanted them to get added on so his, his kingdom, in a sense, could get bigger, it could grow. But with that, you had so many different religions as he's taking over these different places that he was like, man, since there's so many different religions, what am I going to do? How am I going to get all these people united, right? I want to bring unity. I want to bring them together. I want to look like the good king that I am, even though I'm nasty and, you know, I want it my way. So as he's doing this and as he's continuing to, to move forward, King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he gets alerted, right? His servants come into his room. And these three Hebrew men, which are called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these weren't their real names. These were names given to them. Um, his servants come into the room and say, hey, King Nebi, hey, listen, these guys aren't doing what you asked of them, right? Since it was such a diverse place and there were so many religions, he wanted to bring something to his people. So he brought this big idol. And in this He was like, you know what, we're going to bring this big idol, we're going to put it in the town square. And every time these people come, they're going to have to bow down and worship the idol, right? So for them, they, um, he got alerted of this, and and for him it was like, wow, these guys aren't going to do this? I mean, this is the law that I put in place. This is something that they have to do. And they had already gotten grace from this king. If you know about it, these guys were um, Jewish, right, from Jewish descent, um, and it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. Daniel had actually gotten them grace, right? Because he had told King Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 2 about a dream, and he gave them the vision of what God had given them. So they had been put over the providence of a land. So they, they basically were in, in his grace. The king was even feeding them off of his own table. Like he was giving them some of the portion of the food that he was eating. So they had, you know, they were living good. They weren't, they weren't living like, you know, on the low totem pole. They, these were men that were known. But for them, it was like, you know what? I can't, I can't come to a place in the chapter we're getting in to look at this idol and worship it because I know and I trust the God that I serve. And I thought about it. I thought about how these guys didn't want to worship this idol. And for me, it's like, if I can think about it now, it's, it's like for school, right? We could be forced to come to chapel, right? Because we have to pass. This is something that we need. We don't have to watch. We don't want to have to watch videos to be able to pass chapel. But you can't force anyone to worship God, right? This has to come from the heart. This has to be something that comes from you guys, right? So we're getting into 
this verse now. So again, that's Daniel chapter 3, 12 through 18. So it reads, there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in a furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they were brought, these men, before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, tigon, harp, and bagpipe, every time, uh, every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well, then good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And who is God who will deliver you out of my hands? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known, your hand, um, be it not, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression on his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than normal, and he ordered some of his mighty men to his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to cast them into the fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was so urgent, the furnace overheated. The flame of the men killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego there. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselor, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king, he answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like the sons of the God. The Neb uh, Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out of here, come out and come here. So I read a couple chapters further into it, into 26, but I really wanted to give you um, everything kind of that the chapter had so you can see what God was doing. I just want to pray real quick. Thank you, Father, for everything that you do. God, I just pray right now that you touch my lips, that you um, allow your Holy Spirit to come in me, to speak through me, and to touch uh, the class body uh, that is here. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So these three men were facing the, uh, the same kinds of troubles that we, were face that we face today. How many of us have situations, right? I mean, all of us, right? We face small situations, big situations. It doesn't matter. Life is always going to bring up situations. It's just the truth. And it's all about what you do 
in that situation? Are you going to trust God? Are you going to have faith to bring you to a place where you know that the trust in him can do something for you in that situation? So in verse... It's 18. So as I was saying, we face the same kind of pressures that we face today. But the first point I want to make is that God keeps his promises. We can see that in here, I'm trying to still look for the verse. I lost it because my text is so small. (laughs) Um, It says, verse 17, if this be so, our God whom is able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. So the first thing that I want to touch on is God keeps his promises, right? Do we know this? We have to know this today. And I really felt touched. It's, it's funny because I was actually going to share something else, but prayer week did something, right? I feel like God filled me and he gave me something. He gave me a word that we all needed to hear, that even in our situations, that we can keep his promises. He was showing them that he was going to be able to deliver them, that he was going to give them strength. And he can do the same thing for us, guys, as we hold on to the promises that he has for our lives, You know, these three men got to a place where they believed the word of God. And this is the same thing that we have to do. We have to believe and hold on to it as we declare these promises over ourselves. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says this. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You know, we have the ability to go and look at those promises daily. In our, even when we're going through a situation, we have the ability to pick up the word of God. And if we're in a situation, to go look at his promises that he tells us for our lives. And even though sometimes the situations can be difficult and hard, we can declare these things. And the best thing about being here at Elam is that even if you feel you're at a place where you can't, you can't open the word, it's too hard, things are, are getting to you, you can go to leadership. We have so many leaders, even your brothers and sisters, right, that are a little more tenured or, or that, you know, want to help out, RAs that want to help. You know, you can go to them and they can help you through a situation that you're going through. You can open up, and I'm pretty sure that if anyone ever went to Brother Stacy or Miss Emily's office, they're going to sit down and talk to you. And they're going to declare those promises that God has over your life, right? They're going to tell you, listen, this is what God says. And they're going to try to help you. But the biggest thing is, first off, that we have to know God keeps his promises, right? We see that he was keeping his promise here. He was, they, they knew. These guys, you know, if we read earlier, um, it's in chapter 1. It said that God had given them skills, that he had given them understanding and wisdom and These men were pretty smart. They were educated. They knew what they were doing, but they had trust. They trusted God. And they knew who, you know, they had a great friend in Daniel who also was a man of faith and led them, you know, I believe in prayer and worship. You know, certain things that we do here do things for us. It it does stuff for our inner man. So when we come in and when we worship and when we declare those promises, you know, our trust for God grows. It can take us to a different place in our faith. 
our faith. So the first thing is to keep God's promises. The second thing is God is always with us. We can see here that when these men were thrown into the furnace, that God was with them, that they were bound and they were tied up. But even King Nebuchadnezzar saw it. He was like, man, didn't we throw three guys into this, into this fiery furnace? And I'm pretty sure that these men knew King Nebuchadnezzar. Like, this was a serious situation. Like, they were like, oh, my gosh, like, what's going to happen? Like, I'm going to, you know, be thrown. And you don't hear them complain. You don't hear any of that in here, right? They were just like, listen, I don't care what you say. I know who my God is. I have trust in him, and I'm going to hold strong to the promises that he tells me and me knowing that he's always going to be there right with me. He even joined them in the party, right? He joined them in the fire. And, and for me, it's like, it's like an aha moment. Like, even when we can go through certain things, God is right there with us, right? He's standing right next to us. I want to tell you a story. I've, I've told it to a couple of the senior class in, in preaching and it's a story about my life. So I was running amok, and I had had one foot in the door in church and one foot out of the door. And I wanted to serve God, but I didn't want to give God everything out of my life. I knew what he had for me, and I knew the calling that he had over my life, but I wasn't ready to give it all in. So at this place, I had, had just gone to church the week prior, but was in a predicament, and I wanted to make some quick cash. I picked up a big amount of drugs, and I was getting ready to sell it. And in doing so, not to my knowledge, but the cops had been watching me for a large quantity of time. They were surveilling me. They were in lookouts, and this was a big thing. You know, I had gotten kicked out prior to this um, of a town because I was labeled as a kingpin um, in this town. So the cops already knew me, but when they caught me, they caught me with a large amount of drugs, and... I got put in handcuffs. I was looking at doing 11 to 13 years. The jacket size that I have was about that size of my criminal record. It's huge. And I got to a place where I was in a jail cell. I still knew who God was. In my heart, I trusted in him, but my, my flesh wanted to do things that were easy. And in this six by six, Light flickering, it was at night, probably 12 o'clock at night, it was cold. You know, they took my clothes off, I, I had a tank top on, and I'm, I'm shivering in there, and, and I was waiting to get moved to a, another precinct, to a bigger, a bigger cell. But I was crying out to God. I cried out to him and told him, God, listen, on my knees, that if you save me from this place, that I promise to give everything that I have to you, and I promise that I'm not going to do anything ever again, but I need your help. I need you to come rescue me, deliver me. I know you're with me, please. And I begged and I begged and I started crying. And he met me in that place. I already had a relationship with him, but I really felt something come over me. It was really a sense that he was right there in the room. And just like with these men, he was right with them. He was helping them. He was there. They knew who he was because the promises that he had, but they saw him. When I was in, in jail and locked up, I felt 
God, I, I felt him. There was something different. I felt a, a shift in me. And I knew from that moment forward that I was going to give my life to God. And I thought about three different instances in which we can get into some situations. You know, there's certain situations that we just get thrown into, like these guys from the Vietnam War, right? They just wanted to serve their country, but they got thrown into this situation. So there's, there's really nothing that they can do. We have situations that we're put into. Friends can put us into situations or other people. We can see that these three Hebrew men got put into a situation because their country had been taken over, right? They were put into the situation, not by their own doing, but because they had to be. And then the third is we can be put, um, we can put ourselves into situation, situations like myself. I put myself into that situation knowing what I was doing beforehand. You know, you can categorize different situations, but through all those situations, can I tell you something? That God is there through any of those, that he's never going to leave us nor forsake us. So however you try to categorize it, whatever way you want it, you know, to put it in, he's always going to be there. It doesn't matter what situation you're going through. He's right there with you. And we have to know this. Bless you. The third point that I want to share is God is always going to sustain us. He's always going to sustain us. So the first point is promises. Always hold on to God's promises. Second point is God is always going to be with us. And the third is God is always going to sustain us, right? The God who controls all things is going to protect you, and he's going to aid you in whatever situation you're going through. He's going to be right there. He's going to be helping you like the helper that he is to all of us. See, these young men were sustained so that God could complete his purpose, right? He was showing something, and, and after this, you see King Nebuchadnezzar, it's crazy because I feel like King Nebuchadnezzar already saw God's power through Daniel, and then he got another sense of God's power because he's seen God in the fire that they were in. Psalms 55.22 says this. It says, cast your burdens on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. You know, one thing that touched me from the week of prayer was, was what Jody Seidler said. Right? When you know whose you are, you know who you are. And we, all of us in this room, have to know whose we are. And that can show us something. That can do something inside of us to be able to see God's promises, to see that God is always with us and that God is always going to sustain us. He wants us to go deeper. He wants us to get a stronger relationship, more intimate with him, just like these three Hebrew men had. You know, another thing that, that I feel like was, was what Tim K. said, you know, um, about the two kinds of faith. He said you could have saving faith and you could have common faith. Michael, which faith do you think that these three Hebrew men had? Saving faith, right? Definitely. They knew who God was. They trusted in him. They knew that he was going to sustain them. God is good. He's always going to be there. And in sustaining him, you know, one thing that we have to do is we have to put our words to action, right? You see, these men stood up to a king who had all the power in the world at this time, who could snap his fingers and have you killed. They stood up to him and they told him, listen, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I have faith and I have trust in who my God is 
And I know that I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. And here we have to continue to, to do that ourselves, right? We have to continue to fight for it, fight for what God has for us, right? Take ground and move forward in it. I'm going to call the worship team actually back up while I'm getting into my last point. So if the worship team would, would come up. In, in these three points, you know, I really want you to get that we have to put our trust in God. We have to know that God is always going to keep his promises. He's always going to be right there with us in the fire. And he's always going to sustain us, aid us, and help us through whatever we're going through. So those are the three points that I really want to give you guys. And the main one is to really trust in God. I gave you guys, when I spoke last Thursday, the attributes of God. And as we find out more about who God is, our trust in him continues to grow. But that's only through what you do. That's only how you go deep, uh, diving deeper into this word, right? He gives us something to go after. Um, I, I was talking to Tess and we were having a conversation and we were talking about devotions and, and school reading. You know, a lot of the time we can get so stuck on doing Bible reading for a class because we have to. But the question is, are we doing it because we want to? Are we changing the position of our heart to trust in God more? It starts with reading his word. It starts with kneeling on the floor and crying out, God, show me something. Give me something. I need a fresh awakening in this season. I want more of you. But what are we doing? The late, great Billy Graham said this, and I'll leave you with this. He says, suffering in life can uncover untold depths of character and unknown strength for service. People who go through life unscathed by sorrow and untouched by pain tend to be shallow in their perspectives on life. Suffering, on the other hand, tends to plow up the surface of our lives to uncover the depths that provide great strength of purpose and accomplishment. Only deeply plowed earth can yield bountiful harvests. And that's so true. When I read that, I was like so touched. I'm like, man, that's deep. We have to put our words and our trust to action, guys. We have to trust in God to know his promises again, to see that he's always gonna be with us even in the fire and to know that he's always gonna give us aid and sustain us. So as we come to a close, you know, I don't know what situations you guys are in. I know all of our situations are different. We can be suffering from something that's going on at home. Maybe our parents are fighting. Maybe our trust in God isn't there. Maybe he's shown himself to us, but he hasn't showed himself to us lately. Maybe we're studying for a test, you know, that, that is coming up soon and and we're not unsure of it and we can't really attain, you know, any information and we feel like this is just too much for us to bear, that could be a situation. I don't know what situation it is, but I want you guys to think about one and I want you to give it to God. So as we close, I would like us all to stand up. And as we do this, I want you to put your heart in a position to receive and to give that situation away to God. Because you know what? In doing this, he, he, he knows. He's there for us. He protects us. He protects us.
So as I'm, I'm praying, pray with me. Lift up your hands if you want to and give that situation to God, knowing that he's gonna change it, even in this very moment. God, I just thank you. Father, I thank you for the person that you are. I thank you that you're a good God, that you love us, that you're never gonna leave us nor forsake us. Father, I stand on the promises that you've given each and every one of us, and we're all thankful. God, I pray for the student body, that whatever situations that they're going through right now, Father, that you just help them, that you show them that you're right there with them. Father, I pray that they get a better understanding of the person, of who you are. God, we love you. We exalt you. Help us, Father. Sustain us. And allow your word to just fall deep in our heart. Father, allow us to get to a place of trusting you more in all areas of our lives. God, we give this to you right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray.